A day after playing what might have been one of their best defensive games of the year, the Giants had one of the worst defensive innings I've ever seen. And it's just kind of the story with this team, the inconsistency. They have a walk-off win on in the second game of the series and then just a very disappointing sluggish loss in the finale and they lose a series to the Rockies. So we'll break it all down and so much more next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already. And coming up on today's show, it's kind of a combination of the last two days, and then there's a lot of kind of injury updates as well. And I think the injury updates are are good and we're looking for some players to come back because the Giants are having problems right now and it's well documented I don't I don't really need to relive all the macro kind of problems they're having but on a micro level in this game on Thursday the finale against the Rockies like I said in the open there the Giants had one of the worst defensive innings I've ever seen and just all in all a terrible defensive game and they had, I think, four errors, but the errors don't even tell the story, not even close to telling the whole story. So it was looking like a game that they might win. They had a two to nothing lead and Logan Webb looked really, really good and he was kind of cruising along. But then this fateful inning happens. It starts with a line drive to Tyro Estrada and he just dropped it. He it went they said they were saying it might have been knuckling, but then they showed the replay and the ball's spinning. And a knuckleball means it's not spinning. And so I I don't know about that. I just think he he had his sunglasses on. Maybe there was some tough sun. It happens, but it was unfortunate and it certainly should have been an out. It was just right in the glove and out, and then he couldn't make the throw in time. And then the very next play was a ground ball that was between Donovan Walton, who was playing short, and Tyro Estrada. They were shifted. So Walton was kind of, I think, in kind of a traditional shortstop position, and Estrada was right up the middle behind the second base bag, and the ground ball was between them. And they both took a step or two towards it and then backed off, assuming that the other would get it. And so neither of them ended up even trying for it, which is a horrible look when that happens. It is a little bit of misfortune because it's like, right in the spot where they both thought, I don't want to collide. I mean, think about last year. We did see a collision on a ground ball that was right between two infielders with uh, Longoria and Crawford, and it put Longoria on the shelf for like a long time with a shoulder injury. So, you know, it's it's easy to criticize that, but you're trying. the instinct is to avoid a collision and kind of just assuming the other guy's going to get it. But it's a, it doesn't look good when nobody tries for a weakly hit ground ball. And really, I mean, if that's right to someone, it could be a routine double play, but instead it just sneaks through. Nobody tried for it. And then on the play, was it Austin Slater in center field airmailed 
the third baseman uh, as the runner went first to third, which allowed the back runner to get to second. So then you're looking at second and third. And honestly, I don't even remember the rest. I blocked it out of my memory. It was just, there was more. That was not even the beginning of it. Oh, it was a ground ball to Estrada and he kicked it. It was just a ground ball. And like they said on the broadcast, it was kind of tough. I think this was like a hitter later and there was a runner. They got a single. So it runners on first and third and the ground ball to Estrada. It was kind of like, should I go to first? Should I go to second? Should I go home? There was a lot of decisions he kind of had to make and he didn't make any of them. Like he, he just clanked the ground ball. And then later in the game, there was a Mike Yastrzemski airmailed throw that allowed a runner to, I mean, he threw over the cutoff man. It didn't like go to the, to the sidewall like Slater's throw did, but it allowed a runner to advance and they shouldn't have done that. And then there was a Darren Ruff ground ball that wasn't converted into an out. So just overall, like, you know, you see this in a, in a little league game, you know, and not to be, not to pile on too much, but this is what you see from like youth level baseball or in a softball league that you're in. And it happens like I'm again like baseball is hard. I think the theme a big takeaway for me from the first 56 games of the season for the Giants is that this sport is hard. I mean, and I mean that. Like Joey Bart as an example. He was the second overall pick in the country. He was considered a top 10 prospect by a lot of prospect evaluators for some of his minor league career and look at what he's how much he struggled in the major leagues, despite having that kind of pedigree, that kind of people view you in that kind of way, and you can do really well in the minor leagues, and you come to the major league level, and it is just hard. And certain guys who, another, we're going to talk about this at some point, but I, I've been tweeting about how if you look at the literally the top three players in terms of what they were paid in the offseason by free agent money, the top three money receivers in the offseason are all struggling all three have below average weighted runs created plus numbers so the game is hard even the best of the best have they struggle to be consistent and to always be good and so we're obviously seeing that team wide with the giants they have struggled to keep up with their 107 win ways and i think we obviously should have expected that coming into the year but one thing i didn't really see coming was the defense being this bad it's hard to say why like they really shouldn't be this bad because it is a lot of the same guys who were fine to good last year who just haven't been as good this year even guys like brandon belt when he was out there if you look at some of the defensive metrics like defensive run saved outs above average he hasn't been as good and uh, Tyro Estrada, I mean, he sh- he was pretty darn solid at, for most of the year, and he's just had some struggles recently. Wilmer Flores and Darren Ruff were, like, solid last year, and this year it's been more of a struggle for those two. And, I mean, Luis Gonzalez, I don't see any reason he should be a negative defender, but, the you know, he had some bad plays, and it's hard to kind of work that off because... The sample is still relatively small in terms of the innings that he's been out there. So if you have a couple of really bad games defensively, it's kind of like a reliever ERA. Uh, It gets bloated and it's kind of hard to whittle it down and it takes a while. So there's some of that going on. There's also some placement, like balls just have been hit in difficult places consistently. And at the end of the day, the results are what they are. And the defense has, has been bad and it 
definitely cost them in this game. And the offense just went silent after that inning. I mean, it was such a deflating inning. Logan Webb was pitching so well, and then they just gave up the lead just simply because of defense. I mean, Logan Webb did nothing to deserve like any run scoring in that inning, and three runs came around, and then the offense just went silent, and they lost two out of three to the Colorado Rockies, which just shouldn't happen. It's baseball. It does happen. The Dodgers got swept by the Pirates a week ago or so, so it happens, but unfortunately for the Giants, it's kind of they haven't been able to stop it from happening more often than it should. But again, there's two thirds of the season left and things can change. And I believe that they will, because a lot of this is just weird and fluky in some ways. So coming up next, we're going to turn the page now that I spent some time talking about that nightmare inning. Let's talk about the day before and the Giants won that game on a Luis Gonzalez walk-off hit. So we're going to focus on Gonzalez and the Giants have some players returning and is Gonzalez's roster spot safe this time? So we'll get into that in just a minute. But first, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Uh, Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, as promised, I want to turn the page to Luis Gonzalez and this walk-off win for the Giants in the game prior Things were looking up, and that's uh, I've said this a lot lately. It seems like they do something really great, and it makes you optimistic, and then they turn around and they do something bad, and then pessimism, but then they give you something good. So it seems obvious, but I say it anyway, that that's kind of the hallmark of what a 500 team feels like, right? Because it's like half good, half bad. But And I mean, the Giants are, are heading that direction. Right now, they're only four games over 500. I'm not saying... That means that's what they will be, but that's kind of what they've been, is a more of a 500 team than a team that's really been able to gain some separation between the wins and the losses, like, you know, 14, 15 games over 500, like they were this year around this time. They really took off around this time. I was looking at their record from last year. It was, I don't know, 39 and 22. Two or something. I don't. I. I'm not doing the math on the fly. Exactly how many games they've played, how many games they played last year. But I was looking. The point of looking was to see what the Braves' record was because I know that they struggled all season long. They were just fighting the 500 bug all season long, and then they kind of got hot towards the last few weeks of the season, and then they rolled on to a World Series title. So that's the thing. And if you look at the Giants in 2010, 12, and 14. It was kind of a similar story. They weren't they weren't a 107-win team. They were more like a 90-win team. And it was kind of a grind for a lot of the season in a lot of those years. But they came through towards the end. And so it doesn't necessarily bode super poorly. You can still absolutely kind of sneak into the playoffs and win a World Series in baseball. That's how it works. And the only way you're avoiding the first round anyway 
as if you win the division and you have one of the top two records in the league among the three division winners. And so let's be clear, the probability of the Giants winning the division was always small. Like despite the fact that they won it last year, if you just look at the Dodgers and look at the Giants, almost no matter what they did, like they could have signed not that he was available to sign. They could have traded for Mike Trout. And that's still, the Dodgers still on paper would have been the favorites to win the National League West in 2022. And so I don't really look at it as division or bust. Realistically, I would I took the Dodgers last year and, and the Giants pulled off a miracle over my shoulder here. NL West champs, Giants, I, who can believe that that happened last year? 107 versus 108 wins. But... I'm going on a tangent, I guess, but the point is the Giants were always not going to be the favorites to win the division. And that means you're going into the, this is new expanded playoffs, the new rules this year. If you don't win the division and you make the playoffs, you're in a best of three series. And that's a new series that didn't used to exist. And even one of the three division winners doesn't get to skip that round and has to face one of the quote wildcard teams. So only the top two division winners get to skip that best of three in each league. And so to me, it's like host the game, right? I don't think that the, the division is likely, certainly at this point, now that we've seen some baseball and seen how these two teams are playing, winning the division is a long shot, to say the least. So the goal, obviously, is get in. But I mean, the goal is to win the division, of course. But if you're not going to do that, try to host that best of three because all three games are in one city. They don't switch around. So anyway, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk playoffs. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We have an important favor to ask of you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockdownPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. So yeah, I want to talk about Luis Gonzalez, and Lamont Wade Jr. is getting close to returning, and what does that mean for Gonzalez? So... Uh, I want to be clear because I think that maybe I've gone too far and sometimes I have a tendency to do this with like when I talk about Luis Gonzalez, I often immediately go to the negative and when I just am trying to say uh, then some of the numbers are unsustainable, but I want to be clear and I have said this a ton and so I'm going to say it again. I like the player. I think he belongs in the major leagues. I want to see more of him. I like his attitude and energy. I like his all-around game. I like his grinding kind of at-bats and just how he competes each and every minute of each and every game. And I just like him a lot. And I wanted them to call him up before he was ever called up. I when As soon as Steven Duggar went down, I was kind of saying, I wonder if they're going to call up Luis Gonzalez. And... They did, and obviously the results are what they've been. So he's hitting 314. He's got a 372 on base, 430 slugging. So again, I want to be clear. All of those things are true. And simply when I'm talking about the numbers being unsustainable, I'm only saying that because I believe it's it's just the reality of the situation is that a lot of these numbers are going to come down. They already have a little bit. He's had, I guess, a few games mixed in where... He hasn't had quite as many hits, although on the good 
side, he's been walking more. He walked some yesterday and he walked some the day before. So that's important. He needs to walk a little bit more. And what he also, I mean, I say need, but in a perfect world, he's walking more and he's also hitting for a little bit more power. There hasn't been a lot of power to speak of. He has 38 hits and 28 of them are singles. So that's eight doubles and two homers. And as I've said, one of those homers came against Albert Pujols. So we kind of just don't count that. I get it. He hit the home run, but it's not it's not a real genuine type of home run. So that being said, if you if you're not walking a lot and you're not hitting for power and we know that your average and on base are going to get dragged down by the average on balls in play, which is what was unsustainably high. A couple of days ago I was saying it was unsustainably high and it was over 400. Well, today it's at 367, so it's already come down quite a bit. That was just like three days ago, and it went from 406 or whatever to 367. So it still has room to come down some more, which is going to drag the average and the on-base down with it. So he's only at 314 now. He was at like 333 the other day. So I would not be surprised. Look out for this. The average will probably fall under 300. The on-base will come down with it. And so you're maybe looking at, I don't know, even if you put the average on balls in play at 350, which is still really high, but some guys can do it, and maybe he's a guy who can do it. You're taking off about another 20 points or so from the average and the on-base. So he'd be at, what, a 294 average and like a 350 on-base. And so you could totally live with that still, but all I'm saying is beware that that's coming. And there are ways he could avoid that but I don't really see that happening I think that those are going to slide but if you can make it stop sliding at 290 average 350 on base and then the slugging will also come down the isolated power is just 116 so if you have a 290 average you add 116 to that and that's what the slugging would be and so what is that around a 400 slugging right yeah so 290, 350, 400, you would live with that 100%, especially if he can play better defense. But that's the key is the defense hasn't been good. And like I said, though, it's kind of like a reliever having a blow-up outing to me. I just don't think he's going to be a bad defender. There's really no reason he should be. So anyway, Lamont Wade Jr. was supposed to start a rehab assignment yesterday, but I'm looking here and it looks like he didn't play. So not entirely sure what was going on with that. But he, assuming there's no setback and maybe they just wanted to give him an extra day, Wade Jr. is getting close to returning. And so the question is, will Luis Gonzalez stick around this time? And I think some of you listening are like already ready to burst with rage if I were to say that they may option Luis Gonzalez. I'm not saying that yet, but it might actually be the case. I'm, I'm trying to figure, out, figure it out with you. Like the guy who's obviously been worse than Luis Gonzalez and you would think would be optioned before Luis Gonzalez would be Donovan Walton. But the issue is they play different positions. So it is not like a one-for-one exchange. And then with Walton, you've got Brandon Crawford currently dealing with this quad tightness. And so Walton has been starting at shortstop with Crawford banged up. And so if Wade Jr. comes back and you need Walton to be at shortstop. I'm just trying to figure out what they would do. And it it may honestly be. Here's the thing. I look at Tommy LaStella and the fact that he can't play in the field. And he's just been DHing. And, and it's been a bit of a struggle for Tommy LaStella. The numbers have come down. He's got a 94 
weighted runs created plus. Last year with the Giants, he had a 94 weighted runs created plus, which is just simply not good enough. He needs to be better than that, especially especially if he's not providing any defensive value, which he's not if he's not playing defense. Like You have negative defensive value simply by not being able to play in the field. So if you're going to be the DH, you better hit, and he hasn't hit yet. And so coming up next, we're going to continue to explore what the Giants might do to get Wade back on the roster. What about when Brandon Belt comes back, which could also be soon? They need those two guys. So we'll talk about that, how they need them, and what the Giants might do. And also, how about the Giants' debut for Austin Wins, which unfortunately got lost in the ugly defensive game, but it was quite an impressive debut for wins. But first, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and they sent us some awesome uh, starter packs for free. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced food superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. It's also lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and importantly to me, contains less than one gram of sugar, and it costs less than your cold brew habit, less than $3 a day you can invest in your health. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water, Every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. Hello, Warriors need to get back in the series. Game four is tonight. Huge game, and you can check out all the action about that series and game at BetOnline. Also, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as promised, I want to talk about the roster because they've got some guys coming back who they need. Lamont Wade Jr. and Brandon Belt, just being healthy, it may be too much to ask. Brandon Belt... This knee issue, both of them dealing with a knee issue, it kept Belt out for a while last year. He kind of injured it in a game versus this year. I, I don't recall any kind of acute situation that caused the injury, but they need him. And the, the type of production he put up last year and the year before, if they can get that, if they can get him back on the field and get anything like that out of him, that is a huge deal. And then defense at first base, again, for whatever reason, the numbers... Here's the thing about defensive numbers, like defensive runs saved, ultimate zone rating, outs above average. I don't think we fully understand or know what the stabilization point is for these numbers, but from what I've heard, 
around the industry, you kind of want like three years of defensive of like full years of of numbers for guys before you can kind of draw a conclusion. So they kind of fluctuate. And that's part of what I'm saying team wide with the Giants this year. It's a lot of the same players and they're just bad versus last year. They weren't so bad. And so for me, it's like the true talent is probably somewhere in between. They shouldn't be maybe as good as they were last year. I think maybe that's apparent now, but also they shouldn't be as bad as they have been this year. And for Belt, I mean, he's always been a very good defensive first baseman, and so there's no reason he should just be bad now. And honestly, what I've seen, I didn't notice that he was having troubles defensively. But if you have him and Estrada and Crawford and Longoria out there, and then the catchers they have are solid defenders as well, I don't see any reason, at least in the infield, they should have defensive problems. And in the outfield, it's kind of a revolving door. It's not always the same guys. But Yastrzemski's always out there, and he's good defensively. Slater should be good defensively. So they should be better than this. Anyway, let's focus on Wade and Belt potentially coming back. So for me, Tommy LaStella, what I was meaning by mentioning that the numbers haven't been very good is that you could justify putting him on the injured list given that he's not healthy enough to play defense because... I mean, it's hard to watch, to be perfectly honest. And I know a lot of you are probably thinking the same thing. But La Stella, it's been a struggle at the plate. It's been a struggle running. It's been a struggle playing defense when he's been out there. He kind of looks like he doesn't want to be out there, or like he doesn't belong out there. This is all perhaps overly critical. And like I'm sure he does want to be out there. I don't know. I don't know. Tommy La Stella is kind of persona is just so serious it's it's a little strange how serious he is all the time and part of it is he probably just feels like he hasn't performed up to his expectations and he's frustrated and so I still believe in Tommy LaStella but it hasn't been a good tenure in San Francisco so far and he hasn't been able to consistently be the guy that they thought that they were going to get and this just goes back to what I was saying the big overarching theme for me, is that baseball is hard, and and it's not just Listella, right? I mentioned the top three receivers of money, like the biggest contracts that were handed out. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and Chris Bryant have all been below average offensively. So Tommy Listella, just barely below average offensively. Guess what? So is Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and Chris Bryant. So baseball is hard, and let's not rag on these guys too much. It's like almost impossible to hit like the the nastiness of pitchers these days is just absurd defensive positioning is absurd like they're just right where you hit it all the time so anyway not really making excuses my point is that you could justify putting la stella on the il give him some time and hope you can loosen up that achilles and that way you wouldn't have to send down a guy who's playing well in luis gonzalez and you could get wade jr for example back onto the roster but what about brandon belt well, for me, if Crawford can go, then they could probably possibly justify sending down Donovan Walton. I'm just not sure that this time around that they're going to option Luis Gonzalez, given that team-wide they're having some struggles, and he is one of the few guys who's been somewhat consistent at performing well. I'm not sure that they can afford this time around because they haven't like I said, had a can they're not like playing well. And so when you're not playing well, you can't really afford to take guys off the roster who are performing well. And yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. I think that they'll try to find a way. I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if they were to option Luis Gonzalez at some point 
with Belt and Wade returning, but also I would think that they're going to try to find a way to avoid it. But it's not impossible. Anyway, Austin wins. We didn't really get a chance to talk about him. He was very good in his Giants debut. He had a couple of hits, infield hit, and a single that drove in a run. And he also threw a guy out, which the Giants have not really been able to do much of this year. But he threw a guy out uh, trying to steal with no out. So it was a big play. And he just, he was solid. So congratulations to him in a corresponding move to get him on the 40-man. Kevin Padlow was designated for assignment. I'm sure a lot of people are very sad about that. Don't mean to be harsh, but his Giants tenure was not very good. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan, just talked to him yesterday, brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, smash that thumbs up button, five star button, wherever it is you're listening or watching. Helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance. Thank you to everyone who's done so already. Have a great weekend. I can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Dodgers coming into town. Big series. I mean, don't get swept. (laughs) If you lose two out of three, I'd be disappointed, but just don't get swept, please. So we'll talk about it all on Monday. Thanks again for listening. Stay locked on Giants.